Welcome to the Business as an Adventure podcast. Every other week, Dave and I share stories from our businesses and how over the years we have learned to make our lives easier. Learn from our mistakes and laugh along with us as we remember all the dumb things we used to do and how we fixed them. And if you're looking to learn more from us, click the link to our Facebook group in the show notes where we do free education for photographers every month. All right, so for this first week of Angie and I coming at you to drop some business knowledge on you and mostly our business fails and how we fix them, uh, we wanted to talk to you guys about something that I see and we've both seen huge problems with, uh, with photographers and just creatives in general out there, which is, are your inquiry responses causing your clients to ghost you? We see people complaining all the time, oh, I sent this email back and then I got ghosted, or my autoresponder went out and then I got ghosted. So we wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that this week. What are your general thoughts, high-level thoughts on inquiries and ghosting, Angie? So I used to get ghosted often when I first started my business. You know, I would send them my pricing and then I just would never hear anything. You know, if they were shopping around for pricing, what I'm assuming. In years since, I've come at my inquiries in a little bit of a different way now to reduce the amount of ghosting. I actually, I make my potential clients work in order to actually get time to talk with me. And I know this is coming from someone who's been in the business a long time. And like, I'm not at a point in my career right now where I'm having issues getting more clients. For me, it's about finding that ideal client unicorn that is going to, you know, fill my cup creatively. And also just like, you know, things that I want to do, which is like, not beach weddings anymore. Sorry, <laughs> beach wedding people. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think uh, ghosting has a lot to do with yeah how you are responding for the initial inquiry and then the audience in which you're trying to capture as well. Yeah, I think I, I think both of those are absolutely huge. I think you need to tailor your inquiry to the types of people that you actually want to shoot and the types of, you know, boudoir sessions or weddings or whatever it is that you're wanting to do, family sessions, you need to tailor it to that. And then you also need to make them work. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it seems counterintuitive, but regardless of how good your inquiry response process is, I would say you're still likely to get, let's just call it 50% ghosts. Because 50% of people at a minimum are out there price hunting. Yes. And if they don't get a price right away or you're out of their budget mm-hmm. or whatever, they're just they're just going to move on. But there are specific things that you can do for the right people to to get your hooks in them and and have them stick around a little bit longer. And one of those things is make them do the work. Ask them a bunch of questions about themselves. Yeah, and I mean my brand is very like <laughs> I feel like people either love it or they're like immediately turned off. I mean, on the home, my homepage, on my website, I have a bridesmaid that's flashing her butt at my one of my brides. Hilarious moment. It's going to resonate with some people because they're like, oh my God, I have a bridesmaid like that. Or, you know, my, my wedding's going to be chaos. It looks like she can actually document that. Or, you know, the opposite side of that is, you know, if they want like a, a super high-end hoity-toity kind of a wedding and they want their wedding published in like Martha Stewart wedding, I'm probably not the person for them. And that's okay. Like, I have no desire to appeal to everybody, right? I just want to appeal to the right people. So when I get an inquiry for weddings, I know that you can have it automatically respond through your CRM. I actually don't do that. This is one of my, um, almost my, one of my blind spots in automation. 
it's not, I mean, it's not blind because obviously like I see it, <laughs> but I take time to respond to those with a canned email. So it's the same email through Gmail, right? It's a canned email and it has, it has a GIF in it, <laughs> uh, which is Dwight like fist pumping the episode where like Michael's going to jump off the roof. I think I'm not sure. Anyway, I'll be <laughs> of course, of course, you know that. Of course, you know that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do. But my ideal client, like maybe they walk to the office, maybe they don't, but the feeling is still there. Right. And in a lot of my, mm-hmm. um, a lot of my canned emails about, you know, their date night or your gallery's almost ready. I use gifts to get them excited because my ideal client, it's going to resonate with them. Now, if I send out this email with this GIF <laughs> to a client and it doesn't resonate with them, that's maybe when I'm going to be ghosted. And I feel mm-hmm. okay about that. But when it when it comes to not hearing back from them, so like, Dave, what do you do? If you send out your initial inquiry response form, you use uh, templated emails too, yeah? Yeah, we 100%. We use a, a template in Gmail to go out. And then it was me for a lot of our years, but now our VA does it. But she goes in and, you know, we make sure we put their names in there. We put some facts that are about them. Like we, it's why we also don't do, uh, it actually, our contact form is through our CRM, but we're Mm -hmm. not having it auto email back because we want to inject some personality in there. So it's still templated, but now uh, one of our staff members is doing it. But yeah, if, if somebody emails us and, and doesn't respond, is that, was that your question? Yeah, so let's say they send you an email and you're like, oh man, this wedding sounds badass. Like this, these, these are my people. And you send them your typical email you know, response and then you don't hear anything. What's your process look like for that? And how long until you, you know, bug them again? Yeah, so that's automated. That part is now automated. It wasn't for a long time, but now it is uh, where after I, uh, the first email goes out, either myself or our VA will go in and like check the box being like first inquiry response sent out. And that starts the clock. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get a response back from them within seven days, then uh, an automated email will go out being like, hey, just following up, seeing if you have any further questions, etc, etc, etc. And then if there's still no email three days after that, then the magic email goes out. So you only have a three email sequence. That's it. Yeah. Okay. We, we've, we've played with four email sequences and five email sequences and, and different things like that because we've dialed in the copy on our website so tightly because we've dialed in that first initial inquiry response. Mm-hmm. We know that like sometimes people get busy mm-hmm. and that if they get busy, they'll respond to the, one of those two follow up emails. Otherwise, they're ghosting us. Like, otherwise, we're we're probably outside of the price range. We yeah. are a few thousand dollars higher than everybody else in on average in our market. Yeah. So we know if they're price fishing and they see our like our average client spend and they're like, that's twice our wedding budget. Right. They're just not going to respond. And that's fine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have a very similar sequence, too. So it goes out. And then if I don't hear anything back from them, I'll just say, hey, I'm circling around to check to see if you got my last email. I know life is busy, but I want to let you know that I'm available to chat. Um, I have a Calendly link where they actually book a time to chat with me. Some, I mean, I know, I know some professionals out there will argue with me on this because sometimes they have to wait a week to talk to me, but I'm at peace with that and I'm okay with it because if they really want me, they will keep that appointment time to, to, to chat with me. It's okay if they're, cha- they're, they're shopping around and chatting with other people because at the end of the day, really, 
I want them to be the right fit for me as much as I am the right fit for them because that's going to set us up all for success. Yeah. I can hear some voices out there right now being like, well, that's a very privileged position that you're in, Angie, because you've been running your business for a long time. And I just want to counteract that made up voice I just came up with, with (laughs) yes, absolutely it is, but do it early and then your business will be better off for you. Yeah. Because there's there's nothing saying that you can't still also like scramble after people, but why not set your business up now to be the business you want it to be five years from now? Like there's there doesn't need to be a big gap in there. Well, and I always say too, like the things that you're doing in your business today, whether that's you know raising your prices or changing how many emails go out before you send out the magic email for inquiry response, whatever it is, you're actually not going to see the result of that until a year from now. Yeah. So if people are like, I'm really uncomfortable with raising my prices right now. And I'm like, well, actually, you're raising your prices for like for next year because that's when they're going to be getting married, right? For wedding photographers, less so for family or boudoir or for things like that. But that could still be a month out, six months out, four months out. Starting good habits, Mm -hmm. like right off the bat, is only going to serve you. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, in my Calendly, it's set up so then that way I'm only chatting with them on Mondays, Tuesdays, or Wednesdays. Because that's it. those are the days that I have my nanny. And I don't have to schedule things during Claire's nap time, which might be, um, you know, like non-existent one day. <laughs> so I'm like, can you hear the baby crying in the background? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Living live that mom life. And, you know, yeah. we're, we're recording this on a day where um, I have the help and I have, I have a nanny. And some days, these days get very packed because I only get help three days a week. Um, seriously, can we hear this? I don't know. I don't know how just a little bit. Oh, the right. is working, but is this, <laughs> this is just adding to everything that I'm saying right now. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's why you can set up those boundaries and why you should realistically right, set up those right. boundaries. And yeah. so, you know, if you are team no kids or um, you know, you don't you don't have to worry about childcare. God bless you. You know, then have a schedule. Just like I, I have, you know, nine a.m. to noon or. I guess in the mailing, you just want to do it after work. So, you know, like maybe 4 to 6 p.m. every every day or Monday through Thursday, you have that time open where people can schedule a chat with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so anyway, long story short, that's like the, that's the first follow-up email that goes out to me. Like, hey, I know like maybe stuff got lost. Wanted to know if you had taken time to look over everything. You know, you could schedule a time to chat with me here. For me, that goes out three days after the first inquiry response. And then I wait a week. Yeah. And at that week, I have the three email sequence like you do. And I have the magic email, which for those of you out there listening who don't know what the magic email is, you can put whatever text that you want in there, though I suggest that you keep it brief. But basically, hey, you know, um, I've reached out to you and I haven't heard back. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that your priorities have changed. Please let me know if anything else changes. Not all the best to you and your sweetie in this new exciting season of engagement. And then... That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you bless and release. And as soon as I send that email, I wait like two or three days and then I'll archive the lead in my CRM. You know, sometimes people like they're not, maybe they're not price shopping. Maybe they're not looking around at other photographers. Maybe they like, maybe they had a death in the family. Like the day after they sent you um, the inquiry form, maybe, I don't know, maybe their computer broke. I, who knows? Who knows? People get busy. And so you always have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not trying to price shop. They're not trying to ghost you. They're not trying to be jerks. <laughs> like life just gets busy sometimes. Yeah. And that's why I love the the, the magic email. 
there'll be a link to show notes as well too it's literally just the magic if you want to read more about it this is not our invention no. um, this is something that is used in the in the sales world all the time and but i like it because it's direct but not rude you know, because if, if they had had something come up in their life, they're going to be, they'll, they'll and, and I've had people respond with this. No, 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 no. Sorry. We just got busy. We absolutely still want to meet with you. They're never like, oh, screw you, buddy. Like, it's always like it, it, it sets a clear defined boundary, which entrepreneurs, especially creative entrepreneurs need to be better with setting good, strong boundaries. And it sets that boundary just being like, hey, I'm just assuming that you went a different direction. Cool. We're done here. Unless we're not. Yeah. Like it has that sort of implication at the end because, you know, you're just saying like essentially, you know, your pri- I just have to assume your priorities have changed. And if they haven't and they're like, no, nope, we just got busy. Great. Then you just move on as normal. But right. if they have, it's an easy out for them. They don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then you can just like you said, move on, archive that email or archive that lead and just carry forward. Right. Right. Yeah. Another thing that I'll do, too, in the interim if it's a wedding that like, I really want to pursue is I ask for their Instagram handle in my inquiry form. And I usually go, as soon as I've responded to that first initial email, I'll go follow them on Instagram too. And I'll comment on some things. But for like, when I get to that magic email, <laughs> I'll go and I'll comment and on a bunch more things too. <laughs> Just like I'm hitting them on all ends. If it only yeah. something though, I really want to pursue. If it's um, what I call like a bread and butter wedding, which is a wedding that's like, it's a typical wedding. It's what pays the bills. It may not be like the most inspiring, amazing thing ever, <laughs> which is fine. Like we all have those weddings. You're, you're still going to do justice to, for the client, you know, but some weddings, you know, you get really excited about. I just did a full day elopement in February where like, you know, we started with her hair and makeup and getting ready. And then we jumped on a helicopter and they did private vows in a remote area of West Maui. And then we went to a waterfall to do portraits. They had a a beachside picnic where they watch videos from their family, wishing them, you know, happy wedding day. And they got married up at, you know, 10,000 feet on top of a dormant volcano. Hello. I was excited about that. <laughs> a full day elopement. And, you know, we got to make it exactly what they wanted it. Luckily she locked in. I didn't have to send that magic email for her, but you better bet your ass that if I hadn't heard from her, I would be all over that Instagram and, you know, maybe talking about adventure elopements in, in my stories. So, yeah. you know, if, if it's something that you really, really love, hit it on all sides. Dave, how do you feel about texts or phone calls? I was, yeah. So this is, this is, uh, I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I think this is something that also can lead to ghosting is some people hate email. Some people hate the phone. Some people like me have an allergic reaction to Instagram. Everybody has different places where they want to communicate. And so something that I think can be really, really beneficial if you're getting ghosted a lot is putting a, a notification or like a like a entry on your form that says, what's your preferred method of communication? And either have it be a drop down. Drop downs are always easiest because people don't have to think or have it as a, as a fill in. But some people want to communicate by text. Like we have, uh, we used to do a, a lot of Indian, Pakistani, like those types mm-hmm. of weddings. And they love to just be on the phone. Like more often than not, they wouldn't even use our contact form on our website. They would just call me. And that's just, I just get a cold call that's just like, hey, we're getting married on this date. Are you available? And I would know. It's like, if we are and we want to continue this conversation, I would always say, yes, can I get your email to send you some further information? And then if that sounds good, we'll make the time to set up a call. Because I know that they don't want to have email communication. They want to be able to have a phone call. So sometimes having that, what's your preferred method of communication, can be good. 
we've been toying around with the idea of the seven days out, the follow-up email goes, then uh, three days after that, a text message goes out with an automated service, and then three days after that, the the magic email would go. Just to try to, like, you hit them on Instagram, Mm -hmm. we just were thinking about, like, maybe hitting them on another front. So, yeah, I think think text can be great. Like, if you're not active on Instagram, please don't go and, like, stalk them. (laughs) Comment on some Instagram. I get, like, 50% of my leads from Instagram, and then the other, like, 40 from Google, and then 10 from referrals, (laughs) which from coordinators don't come that often because I'm not paying the, the commission fees out here. Anyway, so... It makes sense for me to reach out on Instagram because I am active on Instagram and they likely have found me there. But if, you know, if your Instagram is like a, a graveyard of content from a year and a half ago, don't don't use that method. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but it's also why I think you should always ask for an alternate method of contact on your contact yeah. form. Like we always ask for a phone number because if they type their email in wrong, that's a dead lead. Yep. If they're not good at communicating over email and we can phone them, then it can revitalize that lead, so on and so forth. So have two methods. Yes. Which leads me into the question of how fast should you be responding to these inquiries? Because I know for me, I used to be the worst and would literally drop whatever I was doing if an in- in- inquiry came in, be like walking from my car into the grocery store and just stop walking and start responding to yeah. an email on my phone. Yeah. And my wife would be like, what the hell are you doing, bro? And I'm like, we got an inquiry. I got to respond right now. <laughs> Urgency is important, but yes. not that urgent. <laughs> I think within 24 hours is a really good rule of thumb. Yeah. For me, like. I have to be careful about time zones. And I, I, honestly, I need to put on my contact form, like, what is your time zone? <laughs> so then that yeah, way. Yeah, probably a good one. I, I know, because lots of times I can tell by the area code or I'll look up the area code. But, you know, if they're, if they are emailing me at like 5 p.m. their time, and then I get it, and then I respond, like they might be in the middle of dinner time, or, you know, maybe they waited until 10 p.m. their time. I don't want to respond back to them and they're already going to be asleep or i mean i guess also it depends are you responding via email or are you doing a text message or text video i've done text videos in the past mm-hmm. it can be really really effective if people say that their preferred method of communication is text for the love of pete text them <laughs> yeah text them send them a video of yourself being like yeah. hey mark and maggie i'm so stoked for your wedding inquiry thanks for reaching out blah 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 because that's going to help you stand out yeah oh i yeah. literally um <laughs> so it was in it was January 2nd 2021 which is the day before my 40 years ago I know I know but th- it was the day before my daughter was born she was born January 3rd 2021 so I got an inquiry and I was at the beach because I'm like I'm not I'm not moving much because I'm the size of a beluga whale over here and everything hurts and I'm dying but I got the inquiry and so I was just like I'm just going to send them a video text. And it was, it was early enough in the afternoon. Um, it wasn't a big deal. I knew they were in California. So I literally just did a selfie of myself on the beach. And I'm like, Hey, I just saw this come through and I would love to chat with you guys more about your wedding. And they loved it. They're like, Oh my God, you're at the beach right now. What beach? Cause they've been to Maui. And um, so then we got to like text back and forth. And then, you know, I didn't get a really a chance to, to follow up so much after that because I went into labor the next day. <laughs> But, um, you know, they followed me on Instagram and they, they saw that, you know, I had had, I had had my daughter. Uh, We waited a few days to tell people, but 
you know, it's fine. Ended up booking the wedding. They were lovely. Um, I did their wedding later that fall. So yeah, that, I mean, that worked out great. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta do what's right for you and what's also right for your client. Like if this was a Venn diagram, you know, there'd be like you and then your client and that space in between is going to be like, what's going to be the best method? Is it always right to send out a video message after an inquiry? No, depending on time zones or maybe they think it's weird that you're videoing, video texting them if they, if they don't like to communicate via text, you know what I mean? Or you know, sending out an email with an awesome gift like I do. Yeah, I mean, just just learn your ideal client and respond yeah. that way. I think 24 hours is a, is a hard rule for, yep. for responses is a great idea. I'm going to say personally that I don't like when I fill out a contact form and they get an autoresponder instantly that says, hey, I will respond within 24 hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just respond within 24 hours. Don't put another email in my inbox. That's not helping me. Now, if that autoresponder has guides on how to plan the best wedding or like it has other valuable information, then that can be worthwhile. But Mm -hmm. don't just put an autoresponder on to try to like get their dopamine up of like, oh, the photographer responded. Because when they just see it's like, hey, I'll get back to you later. They're gonna be like, ugh, fine. So so I I have something to counter that though. So I have- because there's no one right way to do things. So yeah, counter away. It's it's an adventure, you know? So when they fill out my contact form, which by the way, if you're not doing this on your website, you need to do this. This is homework for you. But when they fill out your contact form, it needs to redirect to a thank you page. Have it be a non-indexable page on your website, but it needs to be a thank you page. And it, it'll say on there, you know, I'll be in touch. I say 24 to 48 hours. It's always within 24, but I'm just giving myself like, what if I go out somewhere remote and I don't know, I'm, I'm camping, which I never do, but who knows? Maybe I will someday. So it, it directs to that page. And then I also have an email that goes to them that says, hey, this is an automated email to let you know that it has gone through, that I've received your inquiry. And I have that because in the past I've had issues, like little blips here and there where people have filled out the contact form and then like I never got it. And so this is a way that like they have a copy of their contact form in case I didn't get it and they like reach out to me and I was like, Oh, Hey, like what happened? They don't have to type everything out again. They have it right there. So yeah, that's why I have it just because in the past I've had issues with contact form stuff. Yeah. And I think that's great because everybody's different. Everybody reacts differently. I think I a hundred percent agree with you on the non-indexed page. That's where, cause we do go camping sometimes off the grid and we can't respond. And that's where we'll put like, Hey, so much, thanks so much for reaching out. Uh, we're currently in the back country. We will not have Wi-Fi or cell signal or anything until this date. Yeah. Please bear with us. We'll get back to you as soon as we get back into right. the city and take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Showers are important. <laughs> Showers are important. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that's 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 super valuable. So I mean, here's here's the the great big grain of salt caveat that we we sort of put with everything is Angie's business works in a specific way. My business works in a specific way. Your business is going to work in a specific way. We're going to talk about big mistakes, but for for ways to do it right, like we always say, there's a million ways to do it right and only a few ways to do it wrong. We're here to try to help you avoid the ways to do it wrong. So if you want to have an autoresponder and your clients like an autoresponder, do it. it. Nothing is gospel here. I will say on that note, test your contact form often. Mm -hmm. 
I, I have a reminder in my uh, Google Calendar, because if it's not in my Google Calendar, it doesn't exist, every two weeks on a Monday morning to test our contact form. And if we haven't received an inquiry and it's like 12 days into that two weeks, because we usually get at least one inquiry a week, if I haven't received one in that time, I will test it because I'll just get panicky and be like, we haven't received an inquiry in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I ran into something where I have an embedded inquiry form that goes says it goes into my CRM, right? Mm-hmm. On mobile, it wasn't letting them scroll down to push the submit button. Oh, God. Son of a bitch. I'm like, how long has this been like this? So I had to go in and I had to change the code to give it more padding on the bottom just for mm-hmm. mobile. Like, desktop was fine. But, you know, we're looking at 50% of users. They're doing stuff on their phone, right? People yeah. are planning their wedding, late night scrolling before they go to bed. They are doing everything on mobile. So you have to make sure that your website's mobile friendly and that your contact form is mobile friendly in my yes. God. Test oh. everything. Go through your whole inquiry process as if you were a client so you can see how it all works. Like make sure that those automated follow-up emails are coming in and that they're working and that everything is good, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. So last point that I wanted to for us to touch on is how do you go above and beyond? I mean, you mentioned the the animated GIF. I mean, that alone is just going to hook people up like they're in. But is there anything else that you do above and beyond like a video, like your video texts or anything else that is going to help separate your response from the six other photographers that they also emailed on Island? Yeah. In my initial inquiry response, I have, of course, I have the GIF that goes out with it, hoping that resonates. I also have... um, I have like three different templated emails. So the first templated email is if they already have a wedding venue. And then I like, there's a space for me to write like, oh my gosh, I love the, you know, the Andaz, um, you know, my favorite, by one of my favorite beaches or whatever, you know, like I love Morimoto. That's right there on property. Are you going to eat there while you're there? Just ways for them to connect with me on that. So I have, I have a, a response. Yes, we have a venue. I have a response that's no, we don't have a venue because I'm going to, send them to my venues page, which is very comprehensive. And it has like all the wedding venues on Maui with pages or with, um, with example posts and video walkthroughs. Uh, it's going to be a huge resource for them. Like I've actually booked three weddings in the last I don't know, three or four months that they found me because they found my video walkthrough and they trusted me. And then my third inquiry response is if they have chosen the Uluwalu Plantation House. <laughs> I I probably shoot half of my weddings at Oluwalu Plantation House. I'm very familiar with the property. I love it. I knock it out of the park when I shoot there. So I actually have a whole page on my website dedicated to Oluwalu Plantation House. <laughs> and so that yeah, that third canned email has a whole section already written out about how much I love Oluwalu and how I shoot like 50% of my weddings there because it's my favorite venue. So yeah, you know, I I personalize everything. Obviously, I'm using their names and, you know, putting in like, oh, you said you love hiking. That's great. I love hiking too. You know, however it is that I can connect, but I'm also giving them value in that email. If you don't have a wedding venue, here you go. Oh, you're getting married at the Andaz? I love the Andaz. Here's a link to two different weddings I've done at the Andaz. Oluwala Plantation House, I got you. Seriously, I got you. (laughs) So I think also... Giving them something for free is a really great way to stand out from the competition. If you become the expert, yeah. if they trust you right off the bat and they haven't even talked to you yet, you already, you got them. Like you're halfway yeah. there, three quarters of the way there. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, those are all great tips. I think I think that that like venue specific ones for a lot of photographers out there could be really beneficial because they shoot at similar venues all the time. We do similar things, but I think one of the things that also helps us set apart, which are very very simple, is we ask most of the questions in that first email that a lot of photographers wait till the first consult to ask. Like we ask them in that first email, how did you get engaged? What type of things do you guys like to do together? Tell us, you know, every possible thing about your wedding, including the people that you, who you love that are going to be there and why they're there. Mm-hmm. Because that way we can use all of that information when we go into a first inquiry to dig deeper, to go further, to get all of that information. And then that sort of ties back into what we were saying at the beginning of asking them to do work. If they're willing to fill all of that out, if they're willing to write their story, and here's here's an interesting tip. People like to talk about themselves, so they what? probably will do this. No yeah, I know. But if they fill that out, again, you you likely have a better chance of converting the client. We also share a full wedding gallery, usually from their venue that they're getting married at, and a full wedding slideshow, which is usually just like the best one that we've delivered lately to, to give them the feels. Yeah. And people respond back and they're like, I just cried watching somebody else's wedding slideshow, excuse me, at my desk. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. Great. You did that. And you sent me like had a bride who actually apologized for the length of her response this week uh, to our inquiry email from all of those questions. She's like, I'm sorry. I just, I got typing and then it was all there. She's like, I honestly thought about not sending this and sending a shorter one, but, but here you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, we know they're in, we're, they're in, we've got them. Like if they're willing to share that much about themselves in that first email, that sets us apart from everybody else. Who's just like, yeah, great. Here's our price. Let's book a call. Yeah. 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 yeah so I think injecting your personality in there, Adding value is going to be huge and then making them work a little bit. Uh, if, if you're not meeting your clients before you book them, you're setting yourself up for like red flag couples <laughs> and poor client experiences. Yeah. Cause as much as, again, they need to be a good fit for you too. And I think that's not talked mm-hmm. about enough. We always want to like make mm-hmm. ourselves fit into the mold of what our clients want. At the end of the day, the best experience is going to be if they're really good for you and you're really good for them. So don't water down your personality. Don't, you know, like don't water down your style. You know, like years ago, I remember somebody being like, oh, you know, for getting ready photos, can you just like edit those like lighter? And And at that time, I wasn't even as like dark and punchy as I am now. And I said, yes, because yes, I want to lock down the sale, right? Woo, yes. And then, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm having to go through and change my entire editing for that portion of the day and then it doesn't fit with the rest of the day. The client was happy. That's fine. But it was a pain in the ass for me. So, you know, you got to be flexible with people, but also know when to stand your ground. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that I think this that goes for for every style of photography. If you're listening out there and you do mostly family or you do mostly boudoir or you do mostly seniors, you know, maybe you don't need to have an hour long Zoom call with a senior, but it's worthwhile having a five to 15 minute phone call or Zoom call just to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Because ultimately, anybody who hires a creative to do something, yes, they're hiring you for your skills and for your work, but they're also hiring you for you. And so you need to make sure that personality fit is there and that that the end goal, like Angie was saying with the editing, the end goal is also there. And sometimes that won't be easily communicated through email. It's worth just hopping on a phone call or a Zoom call and just knocking that out really quick. 
Well, that's that's a very, very high level, fast things you can do right now or, or things you can avoid for your inquiry process to get less ghosting. We dive way more into this in our course, which is launching next month. That is. Uh, more about that in the outro. But we're, we're stoked to start bringing these chats to you as well, where we just talk about, you know, quick little tips you can do in your photography business to improve today, as well as uh, our interviews that we also do. So cool. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening. If you're looking to overhaul your business, streamline your systems, and take back control of your time and freedom, we'd love to have you in our Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. You can also learn more about us and our coaching platform for photographers at businessasanadventure.com, also in the show notes. The next launch date for our course is on April 5th. Come and join a group of talented photographers who are looking to completely blow up their businesses. It's a three-month group coaching program that comes with almost 14 hours of video learning content and a 226-page business Bible to help you improve everything from your pricing to your client experience.